Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Bonnie in the house. Welcome, 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 welcome. I have a show for you today. We've never done this topic before. I'm so excited. And thank you, as always, to Ryan Treasure, my co-producer, and the voice of now, now, now. I love the way he does that introduction. Let's see what we've got today. We're going to have some rip from the headlines buzzes to introduce the show. So I have a buzz from transwood.com. Listen up. Technology is becoming an increasingly important part of everyday trucking life. There's the key words to my listeners, trucking, improving trucker safety, trucker efficiency, and saving transportation companies. In January of last year, 2019, a new mobile app helps truckers find safe and close by parking spaces via smartphone, in-cab information systems, and the dot Department of Transportation 511 platform, and it also, in order to keep them from being distracted by having to look at a device in the truck, a voice option will tell them when they're near a parking spot. How about that? I have a blast here from trucks.com. Zero emission, that ZE truck and bus models are on the verge of a major surge in the U.S. and Canada. Among the fastest growing vehicle segments in the U.S. and Canada are medium-duty trucks, typically used for urban delivery. More trucks. Who knew? And I have a quote from InboundLogistics.com. Trucking companies and fleet managers must incorporate emergent tech and process innovations. Ah, there's the word tech. To stay relevant and retain their company and their competitive edge. So we have four experts on the show today. And yes, they are experts. And they're all in the trenches or in the cab or wherever they are. They know how to do that. We have Bruce Outridge at the Lead Pedal podcast for truck drivers, a good friend of mine who's been on some of my other radio shows before. <clears throat> we have a newcomer, Chris Harris, at Dog On It Trucking Podcast, and we'll spell that all out for you in a little while. We have Vicki DeVos at Fleet Tax Services and IMVR Canada, and she'll explain her technology. And we have Jeremy Thiel at Driver Check. They're going to talk with me, to me, at me, for me on Tech Goes on the Road, the future of trucking. We're going to look as far out as 20, maybe the end of 20, 21, 2030, 2040, maybe even 2050. So welcome, 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 Bonnie D. Graham in the house. This is Technology Revolution, the future of now. And if anybody tells you the future is already here, tell them, uh-uh. That was yesterday's future. We're all here making today's future today, every one of you out in our global audience. So let's go around the table, and I'm going to ask my wonderful guests to introduce themselves in case there's one person in the world outside of the trucking world who might not know who they are. Bruce Outridge, my friend, how have you been, and why don't you introduce yourself, please? I'm doing well, Bonnie. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, I've been in the trucking industry my whole life, started at 17, uh, been drove for 25 years. So I've been in the seat. I am now behind the mic and still in the seat, but in a different seat, uh, helping truck drivers have good businesses and careers. We talk everything. Uh, I'm a podcaster. We talk everything trucking. I'm also an artist, author, and uh, I do a lot of media consulting for the industry here as well. So uh, 
very uh, around a lot and uh, enjoy the industry, enjoy the people in it. And that's why I stay in it for sure. Bruce, so happy to have you. And I have to tell everybody, Bruce is not just an artist. He does fabulous caricatures. He's, he makes part of his living selling his artwork. Uh, you, we'll give your website later on, Bruce. And you are a, certainly a, I call you one of my Renaissance people because oh, you do you. it all. You have a wonderful approach to life. You're talented. You're self-taught in so many areas, Bruce. And you're here today because of trucking. And I have to do a an air hug to you, Bruce, because oh, you. <laughs> uh, so we have Laurie Smith. Okay, oh, Bruce, I have to do an air hug to you because you invited Jeremy and Chris and Vicki. And I want to thank you for helping to put together this panel. I'm very appreciative to you and to them. Uh, Bruce, in the 25 years you were trucking and today, uh, just quickly, have you seen major advances in technology specifically for trucking? Well, even up, up to today, we've gone from paper to technology and most trucks are, are all the logs and most of the compliance is done on computer now. And now we're moving into the future with uh, possibly driverless trucks down the road. So uh, yes, it's moving fast and uh, it's, it's really centered around safety, but uh, we're getting into so many other areas as well. You're scaring me. Driverless trucks is bad enough to think about driverless scaring me too. cars. It really is. If you all want to have a, a good time, watch the, the uh, futuristic show Upload. I think it might be Netflix about how you can pay in advance to choose where you will end up after you leave this earth. And it all goes with a pod where the passenger sits in the back and his pod plows into a great big semi truck that's parked on the side of the road. But the onboard artificial intelligence bot that's supposed to see it messed up and didn't see it and she crashes and he has to decide where he's going next. But it's, it's an interesting scenario. So the pod was AI. We don't know who or what was in the truck, but it was parked and wasn't supposed to be there. Thank you, Bruce. Let's move around the table. Chris Harris, welcome. Chris uh, started out with one hairdo. We're here on Zoom. I have to tell my listeners I can see everybody and we've got some really interesting characters on the show today. So Chris started out with one hairstyle and he has a completely different one now. I don't know what's real or virtual, but Chris Harris, would you please introduce yourself? Hey, Chris Harris, Safety Dog, D-A-W-G, been in, like Bruce, uh, been in trucking all of my life. Uh, my father even owned a trucking company, so I really started quite young. Yes, I've driven trucks as well, uh, worked for trucking companies, worked for an insurance, trucking insurance company that gave me a great deal of uh, insight and experience seeing how the insurance world handles claims and losses and how important safety is and all that kind of stuff. So I help trucking companies crash less. And yes, I have a podcast. But going back to what Bruce said and about what you said about uh, what a wonderful artist he is, Bruce also created the Safety Dog logo. So I have to give him kudos for that. And he is a great artist as well. But Chris Harris helps people crash less in trucks. Thank you very much. Those of us on the sidelines, on the curb, on, in, in, a, in a car, in a mere human-driven car, thank you for that very much, Chris. We are delighted to have you on the panel, and we can't wait to hear your predictions about the future of trucking and from your perspective. Let's go around the table. Vicki DeVos, welcome. I'm so glad we have a female on the panel. I do a lot of shows. Uh, I, one of my radio shows is The Future of of uh, cars for with game changers. It's changed to mobility and manufacturing, but I'm always very happy to have women on the panel who've spent their lives in the automotive industry in one way or another. And I always ask them, how did you get involved? So Vicki DeVos, please enlighten us. Welcome. 
Hi, hi, welcome everyone. And thank you, Bonnie, for the intro and Bruce to join us all together. Um, yeah, like I was um, introduced to trucking as my first job. And what I found is they never told me that you need a blood transfusion. Once you come into the industry, there's no getting out, you know, and it is definitely a passion. No question at all that way. Um, so I started, um, I'm in over 30 years now in transportation. Worked for several carriers originally and then opened up Fleet Tax Services, which is a compliance company. And we just celebrated our 25th anniversary with uh, Fleet Tax Services. What, uh, and that we all work with compliance, starting up new carriers, uh, working through being the one-stop shop for drug and alcohol testing with driver check as well. We're a collection center. And just working and just being the information source and the guidance along. But, you know, Bonnie, what I had found... When e-logs were coming in, there was a lot of resentment and pullback and a lot of the, our seasoned knowledge and heart of the industry was afraid and leaving. And that's where IMVR was born. And so what we, IMVR is a virtual reality where you put that headset on and you're immersed right down in the truck and the scene and whatnot. And as we go further in the show, I'll explain to you, um, when you're immersed in it, it's a tool to be able to have that seasoned driver be able to explain and educate and just bring that this communication together. That's what we've uh, created. It's um, Bravo. You know, so Vicki, you're not only a woman in trucking, you're a woman in tech for trucking. And that's why, Bruce, thank you for bringing her. This is important. This is part of our theme on the show today is tech goes on the road the future of trucking. Thank you, Vicki. I applaud you on so many levels. By the way, I was told recently, I'm not giving away any age-related stuff, but I might accidentally, that I was an early woman in tech. I didn't know that, but I was. Uh, I got two degrees in computer programming and operations back in the late 19th. And I was coding with key punch cards. Oh, yes. Now you all know. In the late... And um, I, I was coding in COBOL on a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5 mainframe and then in PL1 where we actually graduated to being able to type on a keyboard on a monitor and <laughs> input our code. That way we didn't have to carry around the box with hundreds and hundreds of cards that could spill at any time on an IBM 4341. So I was back in the early days. I didn't invent anything. We did do some, uh, We had one of the student projects was that we had to create our own compiler in, in its own nonsense language and that was a lot of fun. So yeah. early woman in tech, I have great respect for what you do, Vicki, and thank you so much for being here. And Jeremy Thiel is waiting patiently. Jeremy, the last time I told a guest that I thought he or she was waiting patiently, they said to me, I'm really not very patient. I thought you'd never get to me. And so I've tried not to say that, but it's always fun to say it. Jeremy Thiel, delighted to have you on. Please introduce yourself. Let me tell you, it was worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> so no happy to be on the show thanks for bruce for um bringing us all together and for bonnie for having us so um i'm jeremy thiel and i'm with driver check so driver checks a medical testing company we do fitness for duty testing for a lot of different industries and safety sensitive roles um transportation is obviously a huge component of that based on our, our name this is going back to 1996 and i oversee our marketing initiatives so I'm exposed to a lot of different technologies that are current and for future. And I'm really curious by nature. So really like we talk about what we're excited about, but I go back to like my own personal purpose is um, putting smiles on people's faces, which I'm sure Bruce can uh, attribute to or uh, attest to. 
and um, bringing education to people and making memorable experiences. So we think about all this technology that's evolving. Um, really excited for what the future holds. Vicky's got some awesome stuff I've seen too. And, um, you know, just really looking forward to sharing those technology developments as the years progress. So that's me. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you very much. I have to tell everybody, Jeremy has an absolutely gorgeous background. And I asked him if it was real or virtual. And he told me it's his personal Zen garden. And I wish you on the, oh, also Chris is telling me he has beautiful, but I want to say that the Zen garden, I want to just come over and walk around this beautiful garden and, and look at the lily pads and photograph the, the trees. It looks like uh, maybe a couple of Japanese maples in there and some waterfalls and it's absolutely gorgeous. So I wish I was there with you, Jeremy. Chris Harris is in a very, how would you describe your background, Chris? Fake. That's how I would describe it, fake. But uh, well, how about how about very high tech? It's got big, huge screens in the back, very colorful. Is it supposed to be a particular place? It's not inside a truck. We know that. No, I just call it my virtual studio. I just wanted something colorful in the background. I like that very much. And I have the logo for the banner for the show, Technology Revolution. I'm bending down the future of now, now, now. There we go. So now it's time for the quotes. I've asked each of my esteemed panelists to take a few minutes and find a quote before the show that is future focused. And they've all come up with some really interesting ones. The show might have to become a little X-rated toward the end. Jeremy, thank you. But we're not going to do that. So Bruce Average has sent me a quote from Garth Brooks. Let me read just a drop. There's so much to read about him, Bruce. It could take up the whole show and I don't want to do that because it's about trucking, not Garth Brooks. However, I didn't know how successful he was. Garth Brooks, Troyal, T-R-O-Y-A-L. Garth Brooks is his real name. A young boy, I call him, born in 1962. I think we can all agree to that. American singer and songwriter. Um, he, let's see, as of 2020, he is the best-selling solo albums artist in the United States with 156 million sold ahead of Elvis and second only to the Beatles. Did anybody know this? In total album sales overall, he's one of the best-selling artists of all times. And he is the only artist in music history to have released eight albums that achieved diamond status in the U.S., surpassing the Beatles' former record of six. He received the Library of Congress Gershwin Prize for popular song at age 58 in 2020 this year march the youngest recipient ever i had no idea bruce that he was that successful or popular i absolutely didn't know that so here is the quote and the quote is a name of a song recorded uh let's see it was released in august of 1989 as the second single from his album garth brooks here is the quote if tomorrow never comes. Bruce is giving me goosebumps. Tell me, how did you pick this quote and what does it have to do with the future of trucking and technology? Well, uh, if, if tomorrow never comes, there won't be a future. So that's how it has to do with the future. But <laughs> okay. I, I am, I am a big Garth Brooks fan, a big country fan. And, uh, you, you, you know, because we've been on, uh, on shows before, but, uh, this is kind of a mantra that you've got to live life today. And, uh, I think, you know, we're looking to the future for trucking. We're looking for tech. But at the same time, we need to take care of the people today. And we're in the middle of a pandemic at the time we're recording this. So that's, you know, very true that we need to look at what we're doing today. Look how we can adapt for tomorrow. And tech is one of those areas where we need to do that for sure. It certainly is. Do you feel that tech in trucking has kept pace with the needs of truckers or is it on the way? I see Vicky nodding. Uh, it, Bruce, has has tech kept pace with the needs of truckers like you and like some of the other people on the panel? Or is it mm, kind of inching its way toward what you really, really need? 
it in the last, I'm going to say the last 10 years, it is flipped. It used to be very slow. The industry was very slow to adapt. Lately, they're almost the leaders, I would think, and, and Vicki can attest to this with her programming. Uh, it is actually becoming a leader in that area. Uh, but it's, it's, there's a lot of components and a lot of uh, parts to the industry that trying to get everybody to be on board is the challenge for probably most companies. But the tech is there, uh, and they're moving outside of the safety area into many other areas that are just helping as far as lifestyle goes as well. Thank you very much. Lifestyle is an interesting question, and we will try to sneak in some talk about that, the lifestyle of the trucker. I am fascinated. I can't go on the highway. I was telling Bruce on one of our recent shows, um, I, I couldn't, wouldn't be able to drive even 10 years ago more than about two and a half hours without just getting so tired. And there were times when I was driving on highways when I lived in Oregon where I had to drive five or six hours to, to visit somebody, and I would have to pull over. But for safety, I would find a trucker or two on the road and I would sandwich myself between them and I would feel like I was part of this this caravan. I felt like they were taking care of me. And if I had to pass somebody, I figured out how to blink my lights to let them know I was going to pass. And then they would blink lights to let me back in the line. And then they would leapfrog around me. And I felt like, wow. And if I had to pull over to take a nap and at First of all, I prayed that they wouldn't follow me into the parking lot. Sorry. <laughs> Safety first, ladies. But um, I, I always felt like I was leaving a friend. It was just an emotional, virtual connection that I made, and I felt safer with, with the truckers around me. I don't know if anybody feels that way. So let's move on, Chris Harris. You've sent us a quote from, I want to hum the tune before I, I tell of the background, but hmm, 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 hmm. Da, 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 da. Jeremy, I'm not doing too bad, am I? So uh, this is a, a, a title from a rock song from Bachman Turner Overdrive, first performed by BTO, Bachman Turner Overdrive, for the album Not Fragile back in 1974. We're doing a lot of musical history here. Released as a single with an instrumental track, Freewheeling as the B-side. It reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 singles and the Canadian RPM chart the week of November 9th, 1974, for those of you music files, and earned the band their only major hit single in the UK, peaking at number two on the UK singles chart. You ain't seen nothing yet. Chris, how'd you pick this, and what are we looking forward to? Well, being uh, kind of maybe the most elder in the group here, um, well, at 65, <laughs> you've got to be careful, and I still believe <laughs> You haven't seen anything yet. You just ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, I won't sing because we'll lose listeners. But um, And whether we're talking about me personally um, and my personal growth, uh, always challenging myself, or the trucking industry. I really believe the future is bright for trucking, and you ain't seen nothing yet. So that's why I thought it was appropriate. I like that. Do you really think we'll have autonomous trucks, Chris, at any time in your lifetime, my lifetime? We're a little bit close here. So what do you think? Oh, Bonnie, uh, I, I'm on the side of absolutely. Wow. Do you think people will stand back and not want to go there? I don't know. For the During the test phase, anyway, what do you think? Well, what do I think about t the test phase has already started. You know, okay. the beer has been delivered. Um, I was reading another article that uh, another company has up to 50 tractor trailers already being tested. Uh, so, yeah, I was shocked when uh, I read that one, too. Um, so, anyways, the future is uh, coming, and it's coming, I think, very, very quick. 
it's coming at us. Let's just leave it at that. Thank you very much. Maybe it's coming for us. I don't know. Vicki DeVos has sent us a quote from Lauren Elena. Lauren Elena Christine Sudeth is her name, a very young lady, born in 1994. We can agree to that. American singer, songwriter, and actress from Rossville, Georgia. She was the run. I didn't know anything about her, Vicki. She was the runner-up on the 10th season of American Idol. Her debut studio album, Wildflower, was released October 11, 2011. Her second album, Road Last Traveled, and that's what the lyric is from, You Sent Us, was released in 2017. She achieved her first number one on the country airplay chart with the album's title track. Uh, she also was on Dancing with the Stars. Did you know that, Vicki? She placed fourth, not bad, fourth with her partner, Gleb Sevchenko. I stopped watching that years ago. I'm a dancer from way back, and I thought the show was so many acrobatics and impossible moves, and they were all so gorgeous. I just felt bad, and I stopped watching. I'm sorry. It was like, seriously, humans can do that? Okay, I'm out. Here's the quote Vicki has selected from Lauren Elena. If you trust your rebel heart, ride it into battle. Don't be afraid. Take the road less traveled on. Oh, Vicki, is that a war cry or a let's get going? Talk to me. How'd you pick this yeah. one? Oh, no, that's energy all the way around. There's no question about it. On, um, honestly, Bonnie, when uh, I brought this idea home to my children, and the I, uh, children are nine, were born in 94 and 93, so rated that same. So understand where Lauren has come from and so quickly and at that age. Um, when I came home with this idea towards the children, they just looked, how can you do this? I, that I don't know, but it's never been done. And I think that's where you just have to trust your heart, go with it. I knew, I didn't, I had no idea how, whatever, and that's the team behind it. But seeing where at such a young age, uh, what we're seeing the new generation coming up, it's okay to try something and go somewhere where nobody has been before. It's okay to leave those footprints. Um, and that's a lot of who I am as a person. And it's under, once you get and understand that and reaching out to everybody, and I think that's where the VR is coming from. Actually, I know that's where the VR is coming from because it's okay to go somewhere, whether it be a delivery, anything, it's okay. But when you understand, it's comfort. But it's okay to do it. It's okay to go around that bend. And um, I actually walked to the bottom of the Grand Canyon alone. And this was my, yeah. And uh, this was when on the turning edge of it all. And again, the road less travel. That's a little bit about yeah, who I am. And it's definitely a passion song. Vicki, would you say you're a lifelong learner, a curious person? I think Chris Harris said that he is curious, curiosity. Would you say that's part of your DNA, Vicki DeVos? 100%. Yeah, I think that's the way we need to be, everybody. And I believe all of you on the panel are that way, curious and lifelong. Right, Bruce? Lifelong learning, the quest for what's next, the knowledge, the passion, new, new creative arts, new purpose in your business life, in your personal life. I, I applaud all of you. This is very exciting. And by the way, when we're talking, uh, Chris, about testing these autonomous trucks, uh, would you say that they need to be tested on the road less traveled on? I'm sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, please say yes, Chris Harris, please say yes. Uh, absolutely. They got to start somewhere. And the road less traveled would be a good place to start. 
Thank you very much. Vicki, I, I had to seize that line. You know, Bruce might have known I was going to do that. Bruce, I can't surprise Bruce at all. Oh. Jeremy Thiel has sent us a really, really interesting quote. I can't read all of it on the air because it's not that kind of show, but it's from the Beastie Boys. The song is Root, R-O-O-T, Down. Root Down is a, an EP by American hip-hop group, the Beastie Boys, released back in 1995. Can you believe that's, OMG, Jeremy, that's 25 years ago? Beastie Boys, 25 years ago. The first three tracks are variations of the track Root Down on, on this album. I don't know if you know this, uh, Jeremy, but th there's a hidden track heard in the end. It's a radio jingle in Hebrew made in Israel's military radio station, Gali Zahal. It promoted a Beastie Boys special that aired prior to their only two concerts in Israel in March 95. When Mike D and Ad-Rock were interviewed by the station, they heard the recording and they asked for it, so they embedded the secret track in the song. Jeremy, did you know that? I knew about the secret song, but I didn't know about all the details behind it. That's pretty fascinating. There you go. Now, I'm going to try to read the quote Jeremy sent me. This is by far the most grown-up quote we've ever had. I'm using that word advisedly. I'm never going to grow up, so I don't know what that means. Oh, my God. That's the funky. I'm going to leave it at that. So, how did you pick that quote, Jeremy Thiel? And what in the world does it have to do with technology and the future of trucking? Talk to me. Well, I won't fill in the blanks for the viewers or the listeners. Um, so I was thinking about like what quotes mean to me and I'm inspired by a lot of different music and the Beastie Boys came on and I thought, wow, this is uh, exactly what goes through my head every day um, with the job that I'm, I'm um, involved heavily with seeing all sorts of different technologies that are coming up and it could be for drug and alcohol testing, it could be for occupational health exams or autonomous vehicles. So my mind is constantly blown. Um, I live in a Kitchener-Waterloo area, which is the Silicon Valley of Canada. Mm -hmm. So just in our own backyard, there's all these cool technologies that are evolving. And um, when people come and talk to driver check about, you know, um, you know, ideas and looking at pilot projects, I just, again, I'm curious, just like everyone else by nature, and seeing how that could change people's lives for the better, how it could bring safety. COVID-19's, you know, blown my mind the last three months. That's what's been going on. And seeing how quickly um, companies are coming up. We hear about all these different COVID testing uh, methods and technologies. So my mind is constantly blown, blown. So that's why I thought the quote was appropriate. It, it certainly is. Thank you for the quote. I, I was telling Jeremy before we started the show, the radio show, that I usually read the surrounding lyrics around a quote somebody picked from a song, but I can't. Let's just leave it. I could read them, physically read them, but I can't read them on this show. So let's just leave it at that. Thank you all. I am so admiring of the four of you picking such interesting quotes, including you, Jeremy Thiel, for, for, the, for the quote part of the show. Now it's time for our predictions. That's what technology revolution the future now is all about. It's about what is the future? What do our experts on a particular topic, any particular week, every particular week, think about the future based on your perspective, about based on your expertise, based on your passion, based on your curiosity, Chris Harris, based on your vision, uh, maybe your mission in life and mission in your chosen profession. So let's go around the table. I will read, I'll tell you each which 
prediction I'm reading from the notes you sent me before the show. And if you want to comment back and forth, do it quickly, but I want to see how many we can get in and any overlap or duplicates, I, I won't read. I'll pass on that. So Bruce Outridge says, prediction number one, computer centers, and he's Canadian, so he spelled it C-E-N-T-R-E-S, and I changed it in my notes to E-R-S. I'm sorry, Bruce. Computer centers will be operating our highway trucks in the future. Oh my goodness. Tell me more, Bruce Outridge. I, I believe that that's, uh, that's the way that they're going to be able to do it. I might be totally wrong, but I see that. I see uh, our young people today that are really good with computers sitting in a room and each of them maybe operating a highway truck going down the road that's autonomous. And then when it gets to a depot, uh, there would be an actual driver going to do the deliveries. I don't see how they're going to actually go through a place like New York City or New Jersey on a computer game, it's not the same, but I do see it for a, a straight line, long haul operation, regional operation. I can see that working. I know that um, Andrew Yang in the States has said the same thing, that that's how he envisions the same process. Uh, I, 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 that's the only, I think there needs to be a control. And I think uh, Japan has actually started testing that as well. So I may be totally way off on that, but that's the way I, that's the way I see autonomous trucks coming into the future for, Right. Interesting. And, and Bruce, you did make an exception for, you said, places like New York City. Why wouldn't that be the premium place, the premier place you would want to have a computer controlled truck with all of the, I, I lived on Long Island. I know New York City very well. Why wouldn't you want a, a controlled, a, a computer controlled, a, I'll call it a, a route or a getting around the, the ups and downs and the ins and outs and the things in the middle of the road and the people and everything in New York City. Why wouldn't you want that too? I think just the variables of any big city, you've, you've got uh, construction that happens, you've got people that park where they shouldn't be parked, you've got all kinds of stuff. So it, it changes by the minute and it's something that you actually have to be there and you have to possibly be able to talk to whoever's there, the police officer, whoever might be manning that construction area to say, how do I go? Where do I go around for this delivery? I don't think you can do that effectively from, I, I see going from, you know, uh, Nashville, Tennessee to, uh, to New York city computer generated or something along like, but I don't see once you get into New York city and I've driven New York city. I used to run New Jersey and New York three times a week. Trust me, I don't see that being done on a computer from uh, some kind of remote location. Fair enough. You have educated me and enlightened me. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. From somebody in the trenches or in the cab, I appreciate that. Chris Harris, I'm looking at your prediction number one. You're going to unpack this for me because I'm not sure I know what all of it means. You say the majority of Class 8 trucks being sold will soon be powered not by diesel, but by electricity. Chris, talk to us. Well, Class eight trucks are tractor trailers, basically. Okay. So, um, but just to go back to Bruce, Bruce's comments there, Bruce, I disagree with you. I, when, and I'm talking way in the future, when all of the vehicles are controlled by computers, I think uh, New York City, as Bonnie kind of alluded to, would be a prime location to have computer-driven technology. Um, but with the big butt of they all have to be computerized vehicle. So we're talking 20, 30 years down the road. Um, I think that will be the case. However, class eight trucks, we can't continue to pollute our world the way we have been and destroying our environment and doing the harm to each other that we are currently doing by using gas and diesel. Uh, I do believe electricity uh, is probably the future for uh, cars and trucks and for 
a lot of other motors um, that use uh, gasoline or diesel at the moment, generators and things like that, There's, they're used an awful lot. There is other sources that are far better for our environment uh, and we have to quickly move there or else we won't have a planet to call home. So that's why uh, I really believe electricity or some other form of uh, power will be uh, used in class eight trucks as well as pretty much all moving vehicles. Chris, this will have to put a huge impact on charging stations, won't it? On the power grid, on the availability of charging places for the trucks, on the, the uh, shall we say, the extendability of whatever cell is in the truck that needs to be charged. It's not just a simple thing of pulling into a gas station and plugging in. Uh, so wouldn't, wouldn't that have to go back to what Bruce said about computer centers operating trucks and the app I mentioned in the beginning is not just where will you find a parking space, Mr. or Ms. Trucker, at the next rest stop, but where is a damn plug-in for your cell because you're running low? Is that part of that prediction, Chris? There, yeah, the battery technology is leaping forward um, okay. at rates that I can't understand. They're already developing a car apparently can be charged in under five minutes with the latest, newest technology. Wow. So if that's true, then how long would it take a truck? Um, maybe 15, 20 minutes uh, for a full charge. And, these things aren't available today yet, but this is where the technology is going. Besides, there's other technologies of having um, building strips in the roads, where as you drive over the, that strip in the road, it's charging your vehicle. So there's, you know, what is the future? I, I wish I knew because I'd buy the right uh, stock. But, um, <laughs> Wouldn't we all? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Thank you. I wanted you to go there because I wanted to extend the prediction to how will we be able to deal with the need to charge the batteries to get the electricity. So thank you for that, Chris. I appreciate your ability to pivot on that one. Vicki DeVos, this is interesting. Of course, she's going to talk about VR, virtual reality for those of you who have been living under a rock for too many years. The evolution of VR technology will make VR applications more widely accessible and increase their prevalence in the transportation industry. Vicki, talk to us. Well, you know, with the VR, it's, uh, it's a very portable, a very, very portable um, device. And that allowing, once that headset is on, uh, the driver can do that record um, and be able to review it afterwards. So looking at time management and time recording for the drivers themselves, that's where the education can be pulled into and with the drivers. And that's what I see moving forward. Um, the online, it's a new way. The development is moving and going that way. Being able to see um, having uh, multi-users at the same time, um, having different stations and that set up. And you're all, as we are um, doing our Zoom in, we all can Zoom in. We're in the virtual world but we're all meeting, let's say in Jeremy's background, <laughs> but <laughs> we're pulling in and being able to see it. So let's do a DVIR of a cement truck, for example, mm -hmm. which you can all go on in when the headset and is in, in um, with the driver, we all can view as what we're doing with the Zoom, but we will all be immersed right in and we would physically be going around that cement truck and understanding what and that's what I see moving forward with it it's how we're communicating but the key to this is that we're communicating 
And I see that's where technology is really putting everybody. We're realizing the value in communication. Vicki, question. Thank you for that. Uh, we we are been made aware in past years. We've been made aware, aware of something that we probably knew for years was that we're all different types of learners. In a corporation, in a in a workplace, you might want to train somebody, and some would be visual, and some would be hands on, and some would be auditory. You know, the four humors is the way that used to call it. How mm -hmm. do we learn? How do we think? How do we feel? What do we process? What's our sensory preferred sensory input? So my question to you is. Career truckers, and I would, I'm just going to loosely label career truckers as somebody who's been in the business for 20 to 25 years or more. How receptive is that demographic cohort to using new technology? Like, what do you mean? You want to sit me in a room and put a headset on? I'm going to look at pictures. I got to drive. Are you kidding? I don't do arcade games. I'm yep. making that up, kids. Don't be mad at me. So, Vicki, what, what's the barrier to that training? It sounds so exciting, but is anybody over the age of, Fill in the blank, gonna want to do that. How do you get past that resistance, the change resistance? You nailed it, Bonnie. On it, you totally nailed it. You know, so as e-logs were coming in and everything was being immersed out and that resilience and that holdback, they have now anybody that was was holding back to technology, if we would do it remove an e-log from their truck now, there's just no way there's gonna be that pullback. So what we're finding is once that headset goes on and they can see it or they can share their stories and that's what we need. We need that truck stop back again. So they're realizing like, oh, wow, I can pull back a little bit. I can share my knowledge with somebody. And even if it's viewing that screen of somebody that's new to a situation, whether it be the first time out into the mountains or into a difficult parking mm -hmm. or anything that way, it's, there's comfort in understanding. So that's what they're finding. It's slow, but it's, it's that comfort and it's that ease. And that's what this industry needs. This is an amazing industry. It really, really is. And people want to help. It's just the tool of having it. And e-logs were the biggest piece of it. When they, ex when they being the industry, accepted e-logs, realizing, okay, there is value here. I no longer have to, you know, there's the other story towards that. But they're realizing that technology is okay. And the transportation from not having any change in the industry for, I would say, 10 years mm -hmm. to being one of the quickest, fast-changing industries, they're really embracing it quickly. And we are really leading it very well, our, us being in the industry. Thank you very much, Vicki. I appreciate your indulging my sidebar there. I was curious because I talk about change management and enterprises all the time, and it is can be a barrier to change. Who is willing to, who is eager, who is reluctant, resistant, who's going to walk away, who's going to simply refuse. So thank you for that, Jeremy Thiel. Again, he's being so patient. I hope he still thinks it's worth the wait. Jeremy's number one prediction is the role of AI, that's artificial intelligence, and autonomous vehicles, which we've been discussing, will have dramatic impact on the trucking industry over the next 10 years. As a result, Jeremy says, the trucking sector will see an improvement in road safety, both drivers and the general public, thank you for that. Transportation efficiencies will reduce costs. That's a great thing. And will lead to the creation of more jobs. And I'm going to say, yay, 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 because so many people, I won't even deal with out of work during the pandemic and what's going to happen. But Jeremy, this is a very expansive prediction. Could you unpack it a little bit? You can pick one or two of the elements because this is a whole show and I appreciate how much you put in this. So go ahead, Jeremy. What, what do you think? 
Yeah, so, and, and everyone else has kind of touched on it, but like from what virtual reality is doing, um, from what Vicky's team's doing, it is amazing these simulators that you can go into. Um, my wife recently purchased one of those headsets and I could go to any place in the world once I put that, those goggles on. So you can make like for real life learning experiences. So there's so much evolving with the trucking industry. So um, in addition to helping to train drivers, you have things like artificial intelligence. And just for everyone to know, like artificial intelligence, um, it's makes it, it's basically a machine is learning from their own experiences. They can adjust to new inputs and perform human-like tasks. So when we talk about um, Bruce driving from New Jersey to, or to New York, they start, the, the memory of the truck will actually learn, you know, where's the congestion going to be, where the um, construction's going to be, um, time of day for travel, um, you know, slowing down speeds on hills to, uh, you know, have better fuel efficiency. So the trucking uh, industry as a whole, they operate under very tight margins. And so I think if organizations who are going to be the early adopters, and we're seeing them now, as uh, Chris had mentioned, but whoever's the early adopters, um, I think we'll see great benefit. Um, and again, there's going to be accidents. Uh, road safety is not going to be improved overnight. But I think every it's going to be um, a real learning experience that could lead to the other jobs. And it might not be your mm -hmm. prototypical truck driver today, but a lot of these vehicles, you can't necessarily just have um, it run 100% autonomously. You might have, still have someone in the cab. And dispatch centers might look uh, totally different. Um, and with all the moving parts of technology, you might have um, a mechanic team that's just based on software, per se. So Interesting. You're talking about leading to other jobs that have nothing to do with trucking. Bruce Outridge is a prime example. He's an artist. He's an author. He's a podcaster now. He was a trucker for, what, 25 years, Bruce? And, and, and you segued into something else that you discovered was your passion that you had all those years. So, Jeremy, that's a, a really great point. Um, thank you very much, Jeremy. Really, really interesting perspective. There are so many changes. Let's see if we can squeeze in. Oh, we got about 14 minutes left. Let's see if we can squeeze in a couple more predictions. Bruce Outridge has an outrageous prediction number two. He says, truck drivers will be driving spaceships in the future for cargo. All I can say is two words, Bruce, seriously? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Talk to me. Well, uh, first of all, just before we get into that, if I just can just add to the predictions that were just put out yeah, here. Sure. The one thing we I think we have to remember going forward is it's not one or the other. If you think of it, Vicky's program of virtual reality can train new drivers who do not have to leave home. They can go into a setting and they might be the ones that are uh, driving the, the virtual truck that I was talking about. And, you know, so these may blend together. They don't have to be one or the other. That's, I think, one thing we have to remember. You'll see little bits of this as we go along. Uh, as a cartoonist, I am a big fan of the Jetsons. And if you've watched the Jetsons, then you know that they're already flying spaceships. And, and, and you know, if you want to look at the future, I just go back to movies, you know, that some of these movies, they've already figured it out. We're just not ready for it. So they haven't implemented it, but there's a producer already that figured this out back in the Jetson days. And yes, I think we're already doing it. If you think of the army and the, the air, the air force with, you know, moving things around virtually, we are going to get there. We have problems with road congestion. We have problems with uh, delivery times. We're, we're doing it with drones. Now we're delivering pizza with drones and all these other things you see on the commercials. So, why wouldn't we take all of the commercial vehicles and maybe 
move them up a layer. I know I've seen this many times on buses and stuff where they're kind of putting them on a, another layer, maybe not flying them in the air like an airplane, but they're putting them up another layer. So uh, com consumer vehicles are moving on the bottom and, and they're un unobstructed with a lot of the uh, challenges of being, if you've ever been on our 401 here, Bonnie in Canada, at five o'clock in the afternoon when there's not a pandemic, you would understand exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Thank you very much, Bruce. I have to do a context check here for those of our young listeners around the world who keep hearing people like Bruce and so others the say Jetsons. the Jetsons, the Jetsons. <laughs> Let me tell you what in the world we're talking, what out of the world we're talking about. 1962 television series animation. It ran for three seasons. Meet George Jetson. Just those were, I'm reading from somewhere, IMDb. Meet George Jetson, just those three words, will prompt viewers of a certain age, aha, I heard it in the womb, Bruce, yes. <laughs> so did you, Chris, I know. To join in singing the show's catchy theme, I don't even remember it. The popular primetime cartoon show features the Jetson family living in a utopian future. People live in housing in the sky, work a three-day work week, drive aero cars that look like flying saucers, and have incredible conveniences that lead them with plenty of leisure time. George, his homemaker wife, Jane, of course, their children, Judy and Elroy, also have a robotic maid named Rosie and a talking dog named Astro. Airing first on ABC in the 60s, the show was resurrected in the 1980s with more episodes produced for syndication. And I understand that it also was turned into a movie. Bruce, I had to read that because young listeners are probably saying, why do people keep talking about the Jetsons? What's this stuff about a family with flying saucers and robotic maids? Seriously? Yes. So Bruce, your point was so well taken that there are people who've been making movies for decades that imagine what our future. Now, the question is, are they creating our future through their imagination? Or is the future we want catching up to coincidentally coinciding with or mirroring what they already put in the movie? Bruce, any quick comment on I, I, that? I, th I, th I think our future is accidentally mirroring what's in there. But if you think of all the elements you just read off, we have all of those elements and we are building up and not out in most of our structures. We are, people are trying to get to a three-day work week. They're seeing a more work-life balance. We have robotic dogs. I'm sure you can get a robot as your mate if you want. <laughs> it's already there. It's not really that far out. And there will be more coming down the road. So, uh, yeah, I, I look Thank forward you. to Thank you. I love the reference. I had to read that. Now, let's go to Chris Harris. Uh, your predictions, I'm going to combine prediction two and three. I think they go together nicely, Chris. And we'll just spend a minute on this and so we can move around the table with some more predictions. Prediction two, Chris Harris says, the future of truck drivers will be long and prosperous. I want to do the Spock something. I don't know if I'm doing that right. I did it right. Did I do it wrong? Wrong. Thing? No, I'm, I'm doing the rock and roll ones. So oh, okay. Oh, 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 boy, am I off. Chris, thank you very much. We're on Zoom so I can see the, I don't know, and my green screen is making my hand look kind of weird. And then prediction number three, trucking in five years, that's 2025, Chris, will be fun, profitable, and a great industry to work in. Our young people, and I'm going to qualify that, are people who are not already in the trucking industry who would be young to trucking, Chris, so I'm not putting an age or a demographic on it, young to trucking, uh, meaning newbies, or are they going to be attracted to that lifestyle? Chris? I really believe so. Um, there are some seismic changes that are coming to trucking to uh, have it adapt to what uh, the new lifestyle that it needs. Um, truck drivers want to be home more. They want to spend more time with their family generally. And I really think that the progressive trucking companies are adapting to that. 
just going to the truck driver part, I do think the future of a truck driver operating a vehicle, even though I am a firm believer autonomous is coming and it's coming much faster than most of us believe, I do think our legislation is going to really take a long, long time before they take mm -hmm. a, a truck driver out of the seat and allow a totally autonomous truck to roll down the road. Uh, airplanes for years have been had the technology to take off and land and fly a whole route by themselves. But we still keep a mm -hmm. licensed pilot behind the seat um, with the exception of U.S. drones, which, by the way, Bruce, is a good example of how people might be operating trucks in the future when you talk about a computer room. Uh, the U.S. military, uh, they sit, I've been on a couple of Air Force bases, and I haven't been able to go into the hangar, but they're flying drones in Saudi Arabia or in some other part of the world from uh, U.S. soil, so interesting. Thank you very much. Uh, Vicki, I want to see if we can get one more quote in from you, one more from Jeremy, and then we'll do some kind of a lightning round at the end. I never know what it's going to be. So Vicki says, virtual reality VR can and will support the growing reliance on big data and provide actionable insights that support decision-making in the transportation industry. And we all know, Vicki, big data is getting bigger and bigger. It's terabytes, it's petabytes, it's zettabytes. It's bigger than anybody can imagine. Data lakes, data swamps, data oceans. And so VR will help to support those actionable insights. It's just data until it becomes information, until you can use it. So Vicki, give me your POV on this. Why don't you take about a minute and a half, please? You nailed it, Bonnie. That's just it. So let's get back. We're used to the driving industry is used to the CVOR abstracts and, you know, the MTO, the inspections and whatnot's all on paper, but you don't see it. A picture is worth a thousand words. So when you're viewing it, you've got that picture. So being able to have that, being able to save it back, going to the uh, consortiums and whatnot and how you can go back into and pull information out they've had that nailed for years you know um it's it's really really good and it's blending everything together and being able to use all the technology that we have as one and just in the total blend of it all and being able to see and be able to retrieve that information is the, it's going to be the key um as far as the cost effectiveness there's no question that way and to be able to communicate that communication skill and the understanding is going to be definitely bring the ROI in for everybody. Thank you, Vicki. Good perspective. Jeremy Thiel, we can squeeze in one more prediction. This is a monster prediction. You've got number three here. I will read it. The quest for an impairment test for truckers will continue. And as new technology evolves, cognitive testing will be at the forefront. This will change how the trucking industry conducts hiring and pre-employment testing, such as alcohol and drug, which has been lab-based urine technology for 20 or more years. This sounds groundbreaking. Jeremy, I've got two minutes with your name on them. What do you think? Okay, so as of right now, um, there is no silver bullet for, say, cannabis impairment testing. Um, when Canada legalized cannabis consumption for adult and recreational use back in 2018, this was at the forefront. Um, and we've done lots of seminars and there's lots of education out there. But right now in the DOT or the trucking world, we're using technology that's um, been around for 20, 30 plus years um, because it's the most reliable, uh, most accurate. Um, but then as things like cannabis gets legalized, then you have a question of, you know, whose right is it to say I can't smoke a joint one month ago, you know, while I'm on my trip uh, to the cottage, you know? 
So that's why it's really important to understand risk-taking behaviors versus re recent use. And so when it comes to impairment, um, things when you look at cognition, you're not just necessarily, and I, I've seen things from finger analysis, I've seen rapid eye movement, um, there's different, all these different types of testing, but cognition testing has a benefit because it looks at things that aren't just, you know, peeing in a cup or not, or swabbing my mouth or not. It's um, looking at someone's alertness, their attention, their concentration, you know, their memory, uh, multitasking abilities. And so when people are looking at hiring drivers, instead of just having them pee in a cup or not, they can have these cognition tools that can actually, what we're seeing already is really help uncover serious health concerns that they already have. Um, and so uh, cognition testing will just totally reframe the landscape for hiring practices for companies and the trucking industry. And ultimately, ultimately it's going to make the, the road safer down the road. And, um, and it's not looking at different age groups, a 60 year old and a 30 year old, um, the cognition testing is able to look at what a normal 30 year old should be able to do or a normal mm -hmm. 60 year old. So there is no ageism or anything like that. So that's, that's pretty exciting for the future. Bruce, uh, sorry, Jeremy, it certainly is. I was looking at Bruce. Um, Jeremy, question. This sounds like it has broad application in the, I'll say it, the train industry, uh, locomotive engineers, right? We've seen accidents because of cognition impairment. We'll just loosely say that. Uh, airlines, of course, is a pilot fit. Uh, what about people in the air traffic control towers when, when airlines get back back in business soon, hopefully. So the question is, it sounds like this has broad, is, is there a sharing of this technology, of this concept of, of better cognition testing? Just briefly, Jeremy, I think I need a yes and no answer and that's it. Among industries or is it just specific to trucking as far as you know? Um, right now, most of the, uh, the industries have been trucking and transit, but they're all safety sensitive. And if you're operating a vehicle, there's definitely going to be a place for it in rail. There'll be a place for it in aviation. There'll be a place for it in um, marine and shipping. Um, so I think it's just going to be the early adopters. And a lot of people like to see what other industries do first before they react. So I think it's a, a growing concept that 10 years from now um, will be explosive. Thank you very much, Bruce Outridge. I liked you before. I liked you even better now. You have outdone yourself. This is a phenomenal group of people, Bruce. They're smart. They're savvy. They're articulate. They have passion about what they do. Chris is looking around like, who me? Yes, you. By the way, Chris removed the hair on his head during the show. I don't know when he went to a barber shop. I didn't think they were open yet, but he's a completely different Chris Harris. I can't thank you enough, Bruce. Stay on the line with me for a couple of minutes. I want to talk to you. Jeremy Thiel, such a delight meeting you. I'm so impressed. Chris Harris, no matter what hat or hair you're wearing, I'm impressed. And Vicki DeVos, so delighted to meet you. Your, your interest in tech, your passion, your knowledge is impressive. And I'm so happy to make your acquaintance. Bruce Outridge, you have just, as I say, outdone yourself. So I'm going to thank the four of you, Bruce Outridge officially, Chris Welcome. Harris officially. I'd like you to all come back, by the way, Vicki DeVos officially and Jeremy Thiel officially. I have a shout out, of course, to Ryan Treasure, my co-producer at World Talk Radio, the business channel. That's Voice America. America.com to those of you and Aaron Keller, our engineer extra. Let's have a round of applause for Aaron for keeping us on the air. Aaron, we're all quietly applauding you. 30 seconds. Somebody said fun. Thank you, Jeremy. So Bonnie D. Graham signing off. And let me remind all of you, if somebody says the future is already here, tell them 
Ixnay, no, no, wrong. The future hasn't happened yet. Get with the program. <laughs> be like Bruce Outridge. Be like Chris Harris. Be like Vicki DeVos. Be like Jeremy Thiel. You can even be like me if you want to. So remember, the future is being made right now, and you are all an important part of it. Be safe. Be smart. Be savvy. COVID is not over yet. Don't take any risks. We hope to hear from you and see you next week. Signing off, Bonnie D. Graham. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. Oh